0: being a company you're always juggling this kind of like fun vloggy adventure video with Caleb and Niles, and also pushing out like our products and like saying like hey can you buy this so that's always the fine line for us I think is is finding that kind of happy medium between like we need people to purchase these products because we are a business and that is how we make money but also we want people to like be entertained and and not feel like they're being sold
1: to Today on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're in Seattle, Washington with Caleb Babcock and Niles Gray. Caleb and Niles run the YouTube channel for Moment Lenses. Moment is a company that creates camera accessories for mobile photography and filmmaking. Primarily, they focus on lenses, but also have other products available to support you in creating with your cell phone. Their goal is to encourage and empower the creative in everyone. And to be honest, they gave us a couple of lenses and we have been loving them. While we were in Seattle, we even shot a vlog with them strictly on an iPhone. And that will be on the Moment YouTube channel and we'll let you know when you can check that out. You can see what it looks like when you shoot just with a phone and one of these Moment lenses. It's pretty incredible. So here's the thing. When you watch Caleb and Niles on the Moment YouTube channel, you would assume that they are the founders of the company. And that's because of their authentic excitement for the product and their true connection to their community. The Moment YouTube channel is an amazing example of how a company can successfully use YouTube to develop a connection and communicate directly with their audience. Caleb and Niles are incredibly creative, they're talented filmmakers, and they've built a very successful YouTube channel for the Moment brand. If you're interested in utilizing YouTube to market a product or a company, this podcast is for you. All right, enjoy our conversation with Caleb Babcock and Niles Gray. All right, we are here in Seattle, uh, hanging out at the Moment offices with Niles and Caleb. What's happening, guys? What's up, everyone? Thanks for having us. Yeah, we just. uh... Oh, Niles was going to say something. No, just that I'm excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm the, I'm the designated mic holder. <laughs> so we uh we just had some iced lattes uh, and did some skating around the parking lot, and now they're showing us around the office. And it's the first time we're actually meeting in person, but it's really interesting to meet people that you watch on the internet. Like, absolutely, that you you feel like you know their personalities. Yeah. Um, and also we talked about this over coffee, but it's cool to meet another channel where there's two people on it, mm. you know, and it's like two different, you know. People
2: yeah. Yeah. Hosting. Absolutely. Same with you guys. As was the first when I started following you, I'm like, "Oh, it's nice to see two people cuz you see YouTube channels most of the time have a single person, and it's pretty unique to have the dynamic of the two people and see how they play off each other." And definitely. Niles and I definitely do that. You can joke around more that way. So
1: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting cuz you guys didn't know each other prior to making YouTube videos together.
0: No, yeah, we actually, I mean, I came in to like basically apply for the job and meet Caleb and just kind of shake a hand and see what it was all about. And that was the first time we met. And I think our friendship formed pretty quickly, but the first couple of months, it's like how quickly can you become like good friends? Um, So the first couple of months, I think we were just kind of figuring it out. And now I would say like, I mean, Caleb's, the person I hang out with, we're best friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, we hang out every day, working and <laughs> on <the> weekends. <laughs> I know,
3: I know, like, for Samir and I, we actually like, got to know each other on camera by making videos, and that was a really interesting way to get to know someone. Is that the same thing for you guys? Like, did your relationship start basically with making videos?
2: Yeah, we would, I mean, especially in Washington, a lot of our videos, we drive around pretty far, so the drives to making videos, so the whole production in general, I'd say we got to know each other on that, and then you do learn a lot of you know, how someone acts when they're on camera, like little
0: things, not like the majority of who they are, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. We, we quickly realized like how much we had in common and how we enjoyed doing the, the, like such similar things like outdoor activities and running around and just being very active. So it's fun to like, I think that comes across in our videos, but that's like actually how we, how we are and like how we act. And I feel like we're virtually the same relationship on camera as we are off.
2: We definitely, like, I mean, I don't know about other YouTubers, but, like, we probably turn it up, like, 10% on the dial when yeah, the yeah, camera turn goes. Yeah, it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right? we turn yeah, it yeah, up like a little bit. have some bit. good energy. I'm yeah. not, like, that, like, 100% of the time, but, like, you turn it on a little bit for camera. Not, like, crazy amounts. Like, I'm the same person, but I try to be a little more engaging.
3: So. I would say Samir and I are the same way. Yeah. Like, when we met, when we all met <laughs> this morning for coffee, it was probably maybe 10% lower than, like, when we're on camera. Totally. Right? It was a little bit calmer. And then yeah. we had the lattes, and things got a little intense, and we got on the one wheel, we started skating around and now the hype is, built. and now the hype is built. The hype is here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're all really excited. <laughs>
1: um, so for people who maybe aren't familiar with, with moment lenses, let's just get a quick backstory on, you know, the company. What, what are the lenses and, you know, just give me some. Backstory yeah, I can
2: it. take that one. Uh, been here about two years, but the company as a whole has been around for about five, um, Seattle startup, just all dealing with mobile photography. So anything from, we make an app to the first two lenses that we made were a wide lens and a tele lens. And, we launched that on Kickstarter. I say we, but I wasn't there at the time, the first Kickstarter and the community like took to it really well. And so there was a space for basically lens attachments, um, and all things like a community with like content and resources all around mobile photography specifically. And now it's grown to a lot more video. It's almost grown to more than just mobile photography. We offer trips. We do like our YouTube content is all like we've, it's all focused around mobile, but it's, a camera is a camera. It's a tool you have with you. And like a lot of the similar practices go hand in hand. We come from a filmmaking background, myself and Niles. So, but yeah, moment. I mean, it, it's it's like so much more than just a lens company now or a brand in, in that regard. But
1: yeah. I, I think it's really cool that um, the launch was on Kickstarter. I think it's such a modern filmmaker platform and, and even just idea platform because you put something out there and before it's even launched, you can see how it's received and that's actually still kind of what we do on YouTube. Like we we get to create something just with the resources we have and see how it's received, like get feedback from the community and then do things based off of that feedback. Kickstarter has been a part of your guys's narrative since launch as well. Correct. Yeah. Um, I know I've watched a video of you guys that you guys created for Kickstarter, right?
2: Yeah, that was our most
0: recent one. You can take it. Yeah. So essentially, we. Well, there
2: wasn't really a question yet, but. No, that, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, that
1: was you, you. got where I was leading. You. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs>
0: yeah. I think that was our third Kickstarter, right? Four. Fourth. I
2: helped with two, and there's two before
0: me. Yeah. First. Okay. Okay. So that that was our fourth Kickstarter, and I think for this one we wanted to approach it a little differently. You know the classic Kickstarter video. Mm-hmm. It's to sit down with the founder and the creator of the product, and they talk through Who's it and. This yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's something kind of like this, like high inspire level thing, and we. We had had success with this kind of just vlog approach, which is just like Caleb and I running around trying to make cool stuff and having a lot of fun. And we wanted to take that to a Kickstarter where we show off these products that we believe in that that we love and we actually see them in use and see the adventure of us basically trying to get a bunch of YouTubers to use them and like get and, and get their feedback and
2: the, tr- the funny thing too about that whole thing was we went to Toronto because there was like a really good creator hub there This one's video specific because it was for the anamorphic lens and uh, so we just try to link up with people We didn't even have a plan Getting on the airplane to meet anyone we made all that like as we like off the cuff like we shot a few emails and stuff But the whole thing was like that Kickstarter video usually they're what around three four minutes like explaining a product I think it was 26 minutes yeah. 22 minutes like insanely long. And we're like, this is our Kickstarter video. And we kind of like introduced the products in the first two minutes and gave people like, man, if they don't want to watch us run around Toronto and act crazy, like they can pop off. But um, a lot, we got a lot of good feedback saying like, I ended up watching all 20 minutes of this and like, this didn't feel like a Kickstarter video. And I like, so it was weird. It worked uh, really well. So we didn't know, but the whole moment like crew was like, all right, you guys just made a 20 something minute Kickstarter film. Like Let's, let's see how it goes. And we ended up raising over a million dollars. It was our most successful Kickstarter. Wow, wow. Which is, no, we were shocked. It, yeah. it like it literally funded our goal. We didn't know what the how much people wanted a little anamorphic lens or if there was a need for it in the community, but clearly there was. And it funded, our asking price was like 50 grand only just to start um, manufacturing. And uh, then it became, it went over that in like 40 minutes, which is crazy.
1: That's crazy. So you, you, you mentioned the community and, um, obviously when you first launched on Kickstarter, there was a community that, you know, got behind this product. Um, but over the years, you guys have cultivated that community on YouTube. Um, so, you know, in in my mind, it's probably with the fourth Kickstarter that you guys launched, like, um, you, you are building a community on a regular basis. Like, you know, sometimes you guys upload what, three, four times a week.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think our goal is to, Basically, be pushing content every week, and usually that's two videos. But sometimes, you know, like someone comes into town, like you guys, and some it's kind of this spur- drink an extra
1: coffee. right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's like we're just gonna make something if if the opportunity shows up. But usually, right. we like shoot for two. Sometimes it's three. Um, and it just depends on like what's going on that week and other things we have to do.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I so I, I just wanted to like bring home this point that a lot of people launch on Kickstarter or, or launch with some sort of campaign and build like a community around a product. Um, but the retention of that community and the continued growth becomes more Mm. challenging. But the fact that you guys are on this YouTube channel um, creating content, connecting with the community Mm. and actually getting feedback from them, they're actually, you know, does it feel like they are building the company with you guys or like have a say in it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, essentially what we do on YouTube is push videos about things that people want to learn about. So it's like, here we are, we come from a filmmaking background. We have phones, we have these things and we basically want to provide the opportunity for people to learn how to be better at like the craft or what they do and, and like basically and how they do it and like the tools that, that, that are involved. So it's super fun.
2: Yeah. And the community is, I think a super important part of moment from when they started with Kickstarter and we wouldn't be where we are without their support and seeing the, like seeing the, response to every product we've launched and that that they want it that's that's a thing in itself and then the content what you can make with the product so we're just enabling we just hope people go outside and shoot more
3: like at yeah, no, the end of the day so you you mentioned that both of you guys are filmmakers and I want to take a little bit yeah. of a step back because you guys are really like a part of this community where is your start with filmmaking i mean you yeah. Caleb told me uh, earlier about how you were actually like part of this Instagram photography community here in Seattle.
2: Yeah, I would say like just kind of when social media progressed from like not just being about like, you know, words on Twitter or Facebook, I'm not too good at that. So like when Instagram came around, it was like, oh, cool, I can make, I have filters for my photos. No, I, I, but I did like some video stuff prior to Instagram. Uh, We had, me and my friends had a Tumblr where we'd go out and hike in the mountains. I'd make videos about that. So I was a part of like, yeah, you're getting a shout
0: out? (laughs) So, funny thing about his Tumblr is that when I was... My first year out of college, came across this Tumblr account. Was it called Camp Kelsima? It was called Kelsima. It was just called Kelsima. So, I actually came across Caleb's Tumblr before... Four years before we even met each other. Wow. And remember seeing him and his other best friend Sean who I compete with directly for best yeah, friend yeah, yeah. you had to get him out um, yeah. yeah yeah he's in Australia he's yeah perfect yeah that's cool all my best friends leave me <laughs> <laughs> but no it's so funny I remember seeing these kids taking these like moody foggy I mean
2: classic PNW what you see now but we were doing it before
0: like basically it was got like it, the people who first did Caleb and Sean were like some of the first people I saw doing like foggy tree kind of PNW vibe uh, uh, photos that's why Samir and I are here right now yeah, like yeah, foggy yeah yeah tree photos. <laughs> exactly, yeah exactly exactly so it's just a kind of fun fun little like fun little nugget of knowledge that dude i followed you before you know before we knew each other
2: give me that mic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no so yeah from that like i would do some video stuff i would throw those up on vimeo i got a staff pick on vimeo which like helped boost my filmmaking uh, career slash just reputation a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah just like slowly started making online internet like content for companies like small small backpack companies or small, just outdoorsy companies. And then that led me to did weddings and a handful of other, other things. Um, started vlogging, did a little bit of YouTube, but within all that, I watched a ton of YouTubers like back in the day, like way before Casey started daily vlogging, um, from his like bike lanes video. That was when I first saw it. And I'm like, this is funny. I followed mm-hmm. some other, like a few nerdy, like tech tech vloggers. And I didn't really know the, the term vlogging until like, like two thousand ten, probably.
3: But the, the the reason I ask you kind of about your origin stories is because I was telling you this morning when I watch the Moment Channel, it just seems so authentic, right? Oh, okay. Like you guys are a part of this community, and for me, I think that's a lot of the appeal when I'm watching. You know, because yeah. like I am someone who goes out and uses my phone and takes photos, takes video. Um, there's something about hearing the information from you guys and knowing that you are a part of a similar community yeah, yeah. that I think like really connects for people out there. And you said people come up to you and say, Hey, I don't have a moment lens yet, but I enjoy watching your channel.
2: Yeah. And that's the crazy part. Like just kind of like a lot of avenues to get people to like engage either with the brand or with us um, versus you don't have to have the products. You can just like either learn from our stuff. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Cause if we're not like running the channel as, People. Are, I mean, we're we're humans, but we're we're running it as a company to like obviously do our job here. But at the same time, it's like I am truly like, if I wasn't doing that, I would probably you know currently have a YouTube channel of some sort, making some type of content. Like I do love it at the core, and that's probably why it comes off,
0: hopefully, yeah, authentic. Yeah. So, do you want me to talk about my background too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. So I think. um <laughs> No, actually, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. We're actually good, Niles. If you could, if you could hand the mic, back yeah, Caleb, it's let's give yeah. deeper on his story. <laughs> okay, where did where did it start? Okay, so I um I didn't don't really have like the traditional filmmaking story of like when I was a kid I had a camera and I always knew I wanted to do this. I actually didn't start I didn't make or cut or shoot anything until I was out of college. I was living in Montana. And my ex-girlfriend bought me a GoPro, like, Hero, Hero 3 Silver or something, like, the low-end GoPro. And I remember taking it skiing and shooting a couple things and, like, realizing, like, how much fun that was. And then I bought a little DSLR and found out what, like, a low F-stop meant and how, and, like, found out that rack focusing was, like, my favorite thing to do in mm-hmm. 2013, like everyone else. And realized, like, how much fun I had and decided in that moment, like this is going to be the thing I do. Like, this is going to be the thing that I pursue, whether like I'm good at it or not. Cause I had so much fun. And then that kind of took me on this like rabbit trail of basically like bouncing between freelance and full-time jobs and um, did some freelance in Montana and then got a job at GoPro and moved to San Mateo. Um, Or didn't move to San Mateo, but worked out of that office for two and a half years and then went back freelance and then started at moment. And now um, kind of do a juggle between moment work and doing stuff for YouTube and then also doing some freelance stuff. And um, yeah, I didn't, I mean, Caleb essentially taught me how to vlog. Like, Caleb kind of knew the vlogging and, and, the like, that that kind of, like, environment and then knew, like, the YouTube space a lot better than I did. I just kind of did work freelance and, you know, held a camera, did some cutting, and then went home. Didn't really think about the actual, like, platform as much. Um, Yeah, so if you're looking to start a YouTube channel, really just kind of go do it because, I mean, we just kind of started and Caleb taught me basically what it was all about and here I am pretending that I know what I'm doing on YouTube
1: (laughs) I I really like what um, Caleb was saying just about you know part of the I guess mission is to encourage people to get out and and create and you guys have a a film festival which is really cool Mm -hmm. the uh, moment film fest and or moment invitational yeah Um, but what Niles just said is really interesting it's like the pure embodiment of like just getting out and creating like you you might not have ever really imagined that you would be on camera right
0: Absolutely not. I yeah, mean, I when know. I first started, it was nervous sweats. Every video, just no idea what I was going to say. Overthinking it like crazy. I was doing so much random pre-production because that's what I was used to. It's like if you don't know what you're doing, then make a plan and go do it. And a vlog isn't like you. You you mm-hmm. kind of have a high-level plan. So I was shot listing things and like thinking, like writing little scripts. And every time that we tried to do it, it was just so forced and so <laughs> unnatural. So now we just kind of have this high-level view of, of how we shoot these vlogs. But yeah, I, I mean. I think of like
2: what what I would what would I want to watch? It's like if I want to watch someone talk about a product or something, whatever it is, like and they're reading clearly off a teleprompter or something that sounds so perfect, I don't personally relate to that really well. You don't believe them. If yeah, I see really someone nice. that's more like normal or just like they're not like putting on a show or an act, I will I will relate to them that much more. Mm. So I think for me I'll, I I want to make content that I would watch like interesting enough like we joke we we joke around a ton in our stuff like we don't take ourselves very seriously like it's it's they're fun products it's tech it's like these are they're not toys but they're like really cool like fun gear products i don't know like we're not there's very serious jobs out there but like for what we do like i don't want to get wrapped up in like all the politics of like are you an android or ios user or like there's just so much out there youtube Mm -hmm. even it's like why don't we just all like you know create have fun, be positive, like, I don't, I don't know, so, so, not to get all.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I, I have a question for you then on, like, you know, th- this is a really different situation, because, like, Colin and I, when we make videos on our YouTube channel, we're making them, the channel's called Colin and Samir, yeah. it's just him and I, it's us on camera, it's us behind the scenes, like, um, the, the brand is us, so from, you know, obviously you guys are representing a company on Mm -hmm. YouTube. So from like a brand tone and personality perspective, were there any conversations going into you guys being on camera, um, within the company of like, Hey, this is what we're comfortable with from like a personality and tone perspective. I'll start and you can finish it. But it was, there wasn't
2: much at the beginning just because I was really the only one running all camera related stuff. And then, um, I don't know. It was, I would say it was a little bit more serious at the beginning. Like, I didn't know how far to, like, push the boundaries or when you can really, like, be yourself and be goofy. But then you start introducing that, like, little by little maybe. Like, you do a... I'll put, like, a skate scene in there, or we'll go get ice lattes, like, one time. And then it kind of becomes this thing that we're like, oh, we can go a little bit farther because p- we got good response from it. Like, people actually seem to, like, comment more on that than, like, oh, yeah, adjust your white balance in this setting. Like, it's good to know that stuff, but, like, people like to latch on to the fun, interesting things. Like, every channel I watch, it's like everyone has their thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain quirky things that you enjoy, and then when you see it pop up in a your video, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's that's my guys right there, yeah. or that's my girl. I mean, <laughs>
1: it's so many times where Colin and I, like, you know, we want to make a really complex story and we spend three, four days on like creating the film. But like yeah. the thing that people take away from it, they're like, oh man, I like Blue Bottle Coffee too. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's, th- that's like, what cool, you man, took away thanks. from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah." But you realize that like, wh- you know, what's the difference between watching mm-hmm. something on your iPhone or on YouTube and uh, watching something on TV or, or in a theater? It's, yeah. It is that access and that connection. Totally. And like when we watch your uh, the, the Moment channel, like Colin and I can tell, That we would get along with you guys because we're like oh like their personalities are awesome i probably couldn't tell you everything about the lenses or the phones that you guys break down but i could i could describe your personalities and that's what i latch on that's good
0: that's good yeah i feel like for us and for me personally like transparency is super important and even in like the more creative like moody films i make like i want to tap into like the human experience and something that's like just kind of true and transparent and honest but that's something you can even take into vlogs which is just like like, being yourself. Like, Caleb always says, like, you can only fake a personality or a character for so long until, like, it just becomes too difficult. And I feel like for us, we were just like, okay, let's just be ourselves. Let's do the things that we like to do. We think other people like this stuff, too. So, if, if we do that and we just be ourselves, like, it's probably going to be a lot, a lot more fun and people are going to attach to that because it is honest. I think what's interesting is, like
3: that right there of like that level of transparency and being vulnerable is common on YouTube. That's why people connect with YouTube. Yeah. But it's not common within companies. Like it's mm. much more difficult Good, yeah. for companies yeah. and bigger brands to be as flexible, yeah. right? Like I think one of the enjoyable things about watching a YouTube channel is that you get to see those people change. Yeah. But it can be a little bit more uncomfortable for a company to do that. I think Moment has obviously really figure yeah. this out and, and more so than any other company I've and seen.
2: Honestly, like we can't take credit for that. That comes from like the leadership. So like CEOs, like Mark, who was just interrupting us, like it lets us really, like w- if we're working, like he's he loves us to work hard, but it's like he trusts us with like whatever we want to do. He doesn't have a particular like self-conscious thing about like the brand image necessarily. He knows like he hi- he trusts us basically. And like when you get that trust from kind of top down, mm-hmm. you can kind of take it and wherever you want because like we're trying to make the best decision on how to grow like our channel yeah so i don't know it's 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 a tricky thing to explain because like at the end of the day we have to point back to the company but of course if that wasn't even in the question like would people still watch the videos and then if that's a yes that's a
3: win I would love to hear like any advice that you guys have because I think, you know, we get a lot of questions from people who say I run a company here. I'm interested in starting up a YouTube channel, but that's pretty difficult. Like YouTube is there so that you can kind of speak to another person. We have. Okay, real quick. Then you we have the
2: luxury of it being like a photography related company Mm -hmm. where we can really get out, go to the mountains, do like kind of cool stuff and still be able to make our videos that we need to make in that in that theme. So if someone's running a company that's uh, they're like oh yeah i make hipster tuna fish like this can company like <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't know no, like, i know i know that i just company. like looked yeah. down there and a saw channel it's yeah yeah that, yeah uh, t- a <laughs> hip tuna yeah that that
3: that channel sick. <laughs> so sick make sure to subscribe yeah. there's another duo on that channel no but they're like really... if i
2: had that i would just think of like first like what people want and then like tell stories with that like it's it's easy to it's easy to just sit in front of a camera and talk, but i like i I like when people show me a little bit more of their life mm-hmm. like bring it like inside the walls a little bit more because if you if you want people to feel like they
3: know you a little more, you have to show them some more of personal stuff i don't know totally I, I totally agree with that I always like when I'm looking at making a film or sh- making a video, try and show more than tell as much as I can Def- definitely and That's and great. show might just mean like being yourself on camera, joking around. Like yeah. that's a moment of showing who you are yeah. as opposed to like delivering
0: the brunt of the information or the line. Right. Like it's always a lot totally. more effective. Yeah. I think for me, it's two parts. It's like one, it's kind of finding your niche and finding the audience. Like I know that you guys have talked about that a lot and like, who are you talking to and identifying those people? And I think the second thing is, um, is just providing some kind of utility. Like, mm-hmm. like we have the luxury of like photography and filmmaking, like there is always something to learn. Like you can be 40 years in and there's still things, there's still process, there's still workflow, there's still all these things that you're learning, there's technology. So for us, there's such a, there's so much to talk about that there's always something to, for us to learn and something for us to like help teach. And I think that that's super important for like, for like a YouTube channel is just finding like what you're going to talk about and who you're going to talk about it with. Yeah. And I would say too, like for yourself,
2: like make some, make, make content that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. What do you find yourself usually skipping through is like what I ask myself when I'm watching someone. I'm like, if they're going to talk to the camera for 10 minutes straight, I usually find myself fast forwarding. Like I want to mm-hmm. see more of when they even just get in their car and go grab a coffee. Like totally. I love that.
3: Like the in between. Love that yeah. crap.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> So I have a question. Was there ever a video, maybe in the early stages or recently, that you guys put out and received um, any negative feedback, like from whether it's from the company or from the audience? Never, did. Never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <No, I'm kidding. laughs> yeah. Um, or just anything that I don't know. You guys can or, remember. Or like? even if it
3: was just a learning experience. Like mm-hmm. we, we've talked about how YouTube's a great place to put out content and get feedback. Like I really believe that you can become a great filmmaker on YouTube because of that, because you have this feedback.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've ever had a video where people are like, We don't like this or like we've had like any big like YouTube trolls come and just like rip us apart in the comments. I think YouTube's actually become a pretty positive place from what it was maybe five, mm-hmm. ten years ago. But we do see videos that like don't do as well or, you know, they don't get views or they don't get comments. And I think for us, like being a company, you're always juggling this kind of like fun, vloggy adventure video with Caleb and Niles and also pushing out like our products and like saying like hey can you buy this so that's always the fine line for us i think is is finding that kind of happy medium between like we need people to purchase these products because we are a business and that is how we make money but also we want people to like be entertained and and not feel like they're being sold to like we, we don't ever want to like oversell our products and i feel like the videos that maybe don't do as well are the ones where it's like hey this is our new product and we think you should go buy it which might honestly be funny but sometimes it doesn't work yeah
2: there's sometimes negativity around not necessarily like they'll be like you guys talk way too fast or like the few comments that mm, like right. i don't know why like the negative comments always like stick out way oh, more like a sore thumb even though you're getting a yeah. hundred like great comments and yeah. i'm like wow why are why are our minds like wired like that yeah i don't know but like a lot of things we do see is like why do you shoot mostly iphone i'm like well to be honest like We have a few devices in the office here that are like, but my personal phone's an iPhone, so a lot of our videos I'm shooting on my personal phone to do a test or whatever. Um, We are trying to implement more Android stuff, but um, another thing is we film, we like to show off the products, so when we're filming the products themselves, we're filming on my Canon C100 or Niles C200, and sometimes we'll get called out people being like, why are you shooting on cinema cameras when you're selling a mobile phone product? Mm. And I totally actually get where they're coming from. Like our job is to, you know, pump up our products. But like at the same time, like I want to show off our beautiful lens that our designers and product engineers spent hours, I mean, not just hours, weeks, like making yeah, this product. <laughs> and like- Just a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so my, my argument is like, we didn't build the camera. Right. Like Apple built the camera or samsung built the camera we make a lens attachment essentially that's what we're doing like i want to show that off in the best possible way if our lens is attached to a cinema camera like uh, i'm kind of getting jumbled but like we don't we're using apple products yes we're pushing that but like i want to show off our products in the best Mm. best look and like a phone is an incredible camera but it's not the best camera my cinema camera can't make a phone call or go on it's it's like different tools (laughs) it's like totally different it's hard to make the argument in yeah, people do that I, all the time.
1: So I bring up um, negativity just because I think it's it becomes a barrier, mental barrier to creation. A lot yeah. of people we talk to, I mean, obviously, like it's like a fear of of that negativity. So talking to creators who you know are are, are creating, I think it's important just to hear stories of like how you overcome some of that stuff, and um, that's that's why I ask about it. No, um, yeah. yeah,
0: that's good. I th- it's I think I would rather hear negative things than nothing. I think for me, that's mm-hmm. always like the biggest fear is like you put something out. And, 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 and it's just crickets like there's no response. I think yeah. that to me is actually worse than hearing a, a negative thing If it's negative, they felt like it was worth it to comment. If you hear nothing. It's just like Like it is like the void, you know, yeah. it's like it's yeah. like no one yeah. cared Which is almost and, worse for
1: me and we live in this world and I'll, I'll bring back like the concept of we live in this world of, of feedback mm. and Like before when you made a f- if you made a film you put it in a the theater And you didn't get great feedback. It's like wow uh, I got to do that again to like have another opportunity of this. Make a YouTube video and you realize you could have done it better. You just do it the next day. Yeah. Totally. It's out the next night. And then you take the feedback and you do it again and yeah. you take the feedback and you do it again. And yeah. so building a community that's built in to provide you that feedback and, and grow with you. I think that's, that's super cool. And yeah. we've really enjoyed that in our videos, but to take that a step further, what you guys are doing, it's like it, it bleeds probably into the product as well. Does the community provide feedback and do they affect the actual um lenses and and the product that comes out
0: yeah i would say definitely i mean it's something we're always like whether it's a a lens a case the app our youtube channel our content we are always looking for feedback from the community because that's essentially who we're trying to converse with that's who we're trying to relate with that's who we're inviting in to be a part of something that we call moment and I think it's super important for companies to listen to that feedback to take it to heart and to like actually put it in in like actually apply it to like what you're making I think it's super important and something that we definitely take to heart
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean
0: yeah we' there's I don't know
2: how if people out there know about moment or don't on your listening to this but or how they perceive like if it's a big company or small, I think it's at, right now around 26 people. So it's small team is what I'm saying. And like we definitely look at all the feedback and all the comments and all the emails we get and absolutely take it into consideration as a whole. There's yeah. so much out there obviously, but you boil it down to like what's the next most important thing that we
0: can make. So. And yeah. people have good, And people have good ideas. Like right. that's what actually yeah. blows yeah. my mind is that when people email us with an idea, it's like they've used the product, they've thought about it. They've come from... They've come from a point of view that is like very objective. Like they're not, they don't have any attachment. They haven't seen the process. So they're just coming from like, does this work well for me? Or how is it not working for me? So that's actually really good feedback for our, I think, for our product team and for us too, is just to like understand like where they're coming from and really take it to heart. So,
1: Cool. So tell us about the uh, Invitational and uh how that came about and and you know that's a really cool element of this company i think like really speaks to the mission statement but yeah we we got exposed you know we've been exposed to moment lenses just through um you know watching different videos i remember we bought one as a gift for one of our friends um but we really got exposed through um, mango street youtube channel in la that we became close with and helped them um, with their behind the scenes and watched them shoot a movie all on phones and uh with with moment lenses so that was a really cool experience to be a part of and just seeing the content that came out of the Invitational, it's like, looks like such a rad event. So we just want to know about it and how it came about and tell us yeah. about the invitation.
2: Dude, it was, it was crazy. It was a lot of planning. Um, everyone obviously has their ideas. It was their first one we did and the team did such a good job that it's almost like, oh man, did we get lucky? Or can we do that again? Like I, the, the people we got to make films, were awesome, like, we got 10 filmmakers, and then we had one open submission that we had, you know, the, the cr- criteria go out to the public, and we got a bunch back, and, like, the winner of that got also flown out to the film festival and screened his film, too. Um, we learned a lot from the first
0: one, though. I mean,
2: yeah, go for it, Niles.
0: Yeah, so the, the Invitational was born out of um, a couple years of doing just moment films that we just pushed out on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Caleb did it the year before where essentially you just you know you commissioned 10 filmmakers to make a film and we had some incredible filmmakers and I think we loved those films and we saw the potential and thought like wow that was shot on, on a phone and it looks incredible like I think we need to scale this I think this needs to be something that people get to be a part of and look at and really enjoy and that's how I think the moment Invitational film festival which is kind of hard to say uh, I feel like that that's how that kind of came about and it's just something that you get people excited and you get people to kind of push the boundaries of phone filmmaking and really show like what can be done with a phone. And I think that's not, that's something like as filmmakers like we were just stoked about and happy to happy to be a part of and, and the event was such a whirlwind. I mean it was it went by so fast and it just happened and but yeah. overall we were got really good responses. I think half the cool thing about the event was
2: people just getting to like meet in person and chat. Like I think a lot of creators yeah. They're in their zone so much, holding the camera in front of them or behind the computer, just editing away. That like, I mean, they go obviously go to parties, but I feel like it was more than that. It was like a way to showcase the creator, but then also afterwards, it was like people hung around for a couple hours, just chatting, just talking with one another, and like that was what I liked the most out of all of it. I mean,
3: yeah. So were you guys impressed by the submissions? Like, what were we looking at there at the moment? Invitational? Like, what was the scope of some of these submissions? So like. Like
2: Niall said, we commissioned 10 people, so we had guaranteed they had their content creators making stuff uh, primarily on YouTube, um, so we know we'd get like 10 good films, and we specifically reached out to certain people that had said yes, so those were good. Um, the open submissions, we I'd say about 60, 40, a lot of them were bad, a lot of them were average, and then some were like, holy crap, this is so good. Um whittled that down to 10 Niles and I watched all of them and then I mean the winner's film it was like David and Philippe there's two guys and
0: they're from Germany incredible if you haven't seen that one it when we saw that film like our jaws both dropped we were like like it's funny to think that like we put on this film festival but had we made a film ourselves like it might not have made it in almost Mm -hmm. you know like 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 the bar was set so high that it was like the most cinematic things we had seen on phones I mean Andrew Kearns was like diving with sharks and whales and like spending months, like learning how to free dive and putting in so much time. Like that was insane. And and, 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 like just the, just the general filmmaking was like at such a high level. And so dialed. It was super fun. And the film festival, I will say this, it's like, Like, filmmaking is an art form that you don't get to, like, perform. Like, if if you're a musician, it's, like, you go up on stage and you have this, like, hour where you're just, like, crushing it with your band or whatever, and it's, like, this pure way to, like, express it. And filmmaking, like, you don't really have that. You're kind of just, like, in this little dark room, like, thinking of your idea. Yeah, or, like, uploading or editing, and, like, you're just kind of, I don't know, it feels, like, kind of, like, reclusive. So a film festival is a good chance to, like, (laughs) for all these hermit filmmakers that we are to, like, kind of break out of our shell a little bit and think, like, I'm here, and I'm and showing my work in front of people. Totally. yeah and it's,
3: de- it's definitely something Samir and I have talked about, that a big goal of ours is to enter something into a film festival mm-hmm. for that reason. We've spent the past six years hitting that upload button, <laughs> not always in a dark room, but it kind of feels like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like a bedroom. Um, you don't always get out to actually, like, watch it in front of people. Yeah. Do, you,
2: do you guys get, like, um, before you hit upload, do you ever get, like, that, like... Fun, exactly. nervous feeling? Yeah.
3: Fun, nervous? Just basically nervous? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, uh, like, yeah. I think... So,
1: so, like recently, s- yeah, recently, um, I called Colin. He was in New Jersey, and I was in L.A., and I would made a video, and it was done three days, and mm-hmm. sitting in the back end, and I just called him, and I was like, I need you to press publish on this. I can't, I can't press it. Like I was just like, I don't know why I've been, I've been editing this video for too long. I've looked at it for too long. Like I think it's the worst thing I've ever created in my life and I think it should go out, but I can't press publish. Like I just can't, I can't do it.
0: I mean, we totally relate. I mean, it's, it's the classic like creative block. It's like you're Mm -hmm. so self-conscious and that's something that I've had to like really work on just because I've always had, I think it's called imposter syndrome where it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, you feel like you're just making it up the whole time. And like one day they're going to find you out to be a fraud. Totally, Every upload's like when they find out. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is the video that everyone's going to realize that I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's so scary, you know?
2: And sometimes I even feel like, okay, we just made a great video or whatever. It's doing well. I'm even happy with it. Can I even do that again? Totally. I I, I get that weird. I'm like, wait, why do I think that? Like. Is it
3: too hard? I, I don't thing. Sometimes I look at videos I made four years ago, and I'm like, that's the best it's ever going to be. <laughs> I peaked. I peaked. Yeah, it's downhill, it. baby. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. trajectory definitely is like, we'll come up with the idea. And I'm like, this is a great idea. This is going to crush. Film it. I still feel pretty good. Yeah. Starting to edit. I've got nothing. nothing. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing here.
0: Yeah. That is, the, that is rock bottom. Rock bottom. You start to edit, rock you're like, bottom. oh, no. Yeah. Like, we got nothing. We, got we blew nothing. it. Yeah. you're, we you're totally calling blew your friends it. like, dude, this... This sucks. I on top that, of that, the audio sucks. Yeah. I have that
3: call with Samir every time. We're like, we'll talk, and he'll be like, How is it? And I'm like, Dude, you don't even want to know, man. Like, <laughs> this just, we can't get past this.
1: There was um, a four part documentary we did on our friend, actually, Niles, you know, Paul Rabel. Um, and we, Colin, went on the road with him and, and filmed with him. And on the fourth episode, it was a weekly series. So he was filming during the week and then editing like a docu-series, basically like filming five, six days, editing it for one or two days and then putting it out. It was every week came out every Wednesday. It was really cool to track this guy. But, um, on the fourth episode, Colin called me the night before it was supposed to come out and was just like, listen, dude, um, we have nothing here, um, it, and it I'm like, he yeah. was like, I'm I'm basically I'm done like with this, and he told me he was gonna move to Nicaragua. I think. No way! It, where was it, first it? off, it Honduras. was it's always Honduras. Yeah. Every time I reach that point, I'm like, like listen, I'm man, a plane ticket, it's over. Yeah. And he was just like, I'm getting a plane ticket, man. Like this has been really cool. Um, this is too much for me like to handle. Like this this series is wow. terrible. And um, bottom line, you know, uh, we we were nominated for an award for that series and it was like, yeah, we were nominated for best sports documentary and it was an incredible series, like a series that's built a lot of our career. Nice. Um, and when we look back at it, even that specific episode, I think is one of the best episodes, but that creative cycle is exactly so normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and talking about it, I think is really important because it normalizes it for other people. Like when I heard someone talk about that for the first time, I was like, what
0: other people feel that too it's like the weight of the world is off your shoulders yeah i remember listening it was some big hollywood director i forgot his name but he was talking about how like he feels that way at every set and i was like well if he feels that way and he does all these major motion pictures all these amazing films like it's totally fine that i feel like i can't do this sometimes you know one thing about the moment
2: Invitational or film festival, I don't even know what it's called. (laughs) Uh, Is uh, Jacob Blank, who's a great filmmaker, was there and he was telling us for he puts out, he'll make something and no matter what, he uploads it. Even if he thinks it's bad, he publishes it. Because I think that process of him doing that and what was he saying? Like, it would, it, it just kind of like forces you to constantly just be making new work and you don't care. He's like, I don't care what the feedback was, even if it like, you make it as good as you can and you just publish it publish publish publish
3: like yeah who is it one of our friends was it cody Warner, samir it talks about fighting imperfection totally and i think like the more you upload the potentially less like sacred you sort of hold each mm-hmm. upload a little bit yep. it can be tough like when you have that artistic artistic integrity right like sometimes samir and i have this fight between like all right well should we just daily vlog and just put something out every day Or should we take a little more time maybe just do once a week but put out something that we're like super stoked on totally So it's sort of like you can kind of fight those two those two sides
1: Absolutely. I think that gets really confusing too when you start stacking your Creativity up against views. Mm. What I mean by that is like we can Make a video like just a vlog that we shoot in the morning and It comes out in the evening and it'll do better from a viewership perspective from something We spent four or five days on totally it gets really confusing to value your own creativity yeah. online, right? You're yeah. like, wait, is th- which one's more valuable? Yeah. Like, and it becomes a little bit confusing from like the external validation of the viewership and the engagement.
0: Totally. And I think that really boils down to like what, how you value your own work and yeah. like how you're receiving that validation and if that validation is really important to you. You right. know, because I feel like for me, it's like I don't want to create something just because someone wants to watch it. But at the end of the day, I'm making a film for someone to watch exactly. it. So it's yeah. such, this like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm honestly still figuring it out. It's something that I will say daily vlogging is
2: not good for anyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm I just going to say bad that bad your health, your mental health, yes. ev- like your yeah. cr- like like everyone I've seen do it just gets burnt out after a certain amount of days. And like, I do not encourage anyone to daily vlog as much yeah. as like, it probably helps boost your channel. And YouTube loves that you're making stuff for people to watch. It's like, just, just do it. Less than that,
0: right? I don't even know if it <laughs> does like it does have as, as as big of effect on a channel growth as it once did either. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like I agree with that. like I, I, I don't see it taking off as much when when do, when people do try it that, than it did what four years ago. So it you know, th- there's nothing wrong with
1: twice a week. That's what we're trying to say. There's nothing wrong with twice a week yeah, with, or once so, a week, dude. Yeah, Mango Street yeah. Every, yeah. every Monday. Yeah, <laughs> um, so question for you guys you, you talked about you know obviously your product is geared towards mobile filmmaking um what are your guys you guys have made a video about it but your your t- thoughts on igtv and stuff that's like pure mobile for mobile distribution um like people shooting into the into the camera and just distributing straight there whether it's i don't know if people have used moment lenses for for snap or for snapchat or um instagram stories but like do you have you seen a lot of that kind of content because um, obviously the the invitational is based on like edited horizontal video, right? And like vertical video is starting to become a little bit more of a thing, I guess.
0: I would say most people use our lenses for that type of content. Just because that's so much more attainable. It's like, oh, I'm hanging out with my daughter. It's like you put your lens on and you get a, you know, you, you achieve that. Focal length, and you basically just kind of open up more creativity for that. Like just kind of daily shooting. You shoot a photo, you shoot stuff for Insta Stories. I mean, we see a lot of people using the Superfish for like kind of vloggy Insta Story stuff. Like Jesse Driftwood will mm-hmm. use it a lot because he shoots super wide. He has, I think, he uses a Canon M5 for like his story stories. But when he's just doing something quick on his phone, it's like he throws a Superfish on, you know. And I think that that's yeah. I think people mostly use our gear for that kind of daily kind of content.
2: Yeah. It's definitely still a very niche product. Like, not everyone needs to put a lens on their phone. Like, the phone does a good job in and of itself. But I think it just takes it one step farther than that. Um, Me, as a filmmaker, like, I don't know. Like, the core of it, it's like, do I want people making, like, really good stuff on their phone? Like, I don't know. I still deal with... Obviously, I do. But it's, like, this weird thing of, like... I don't know. Like, I like shooting film photography still. I like Mm -hmm. shooting, like... Like taking the manual approach to like a cinema camera and then it's like the complete opposite is like having the internet on your phone Where you directly upload to mm. I think it's just a different tool for the time we live in um, I Don't think it needs to like replace the other and that's kind of the balance that I'm always dealing with in my head It's like it's just gonna replace what I've I enjoy or like the process that I like I'm like probably not I mean yeah, I'll probably shoot on film cameras that are made back in the 60s and like that's still technically relevant if I'm shooting on it then. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, it, it's just a piece. Tech fades away so quickly too. It's like, are you shooting on an iPhone 4 even though that came out five years ago at this time? Um, no, that's like literally no one is. Right. I mean, maybe someone out there is, but very few.
0: Right,
1: right. And if you are, props, because that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. Tell me so the
2: secret. Right I bet <laughs> you.
1: I bet you. The guys at Hip Tuna are doing yeah. that. It's like hipster, hipster. <laughs> yeah, tuna. yeah. Tell me how
2: to get that battery still had, alive. Yeah, <laughs> they only
1: sh- shoot on like Motorola razors. <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, I had a pink
2: razor I, in high school. I
1: actually just cool. ordered a razor, and it's sitting in our studio. Um, because I have found myself spending way too much time on my phone. nice and I'd like to experiment with using the razor as my like cell phone But yeah. keeping this in the office nice so that I can still post on Instagram and I can have a phone during the days but like when I go home at night I just want it away from me. Just, yeah, yeah, this endless scroll is insane. Dude, yeah. you got T nine on that the texting. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. get so fast you're again. S- you just should just go work for Hip Tuna. You're so ready to go. <laughs> yeah,
2: are we starting
3: that so, company? Yeah. Can we- I think so. <laughs> I think it would really take off. <laughs> it probably
2: would actually. <laughs> like, or a- d- d- organic d- GMO free. Yeah, yeah wild caught wild caught tuna, wild-caught tuna wild-caught man. I can see it now. We'd have a great YouTube channel, really oh good branding. We could go onto the boat in Alaska and like film the you know deadliest catch. We buy them out. If we it's, of course we buy out DW's cash. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. I think we'll do great.
0: Easy. So,
1: have you guys have you guys experimented with IGTV or or vertical filmmaking and what are your thoughts on on that?
0: Yeah, so we uh I think we've put out I put out a couple of videos just on like my own Instagram and then we put out one on the Moment channel. I think I think it's awesome. I mean, initially it got so much hate just cuz like it's vertical. Ew. Yeah. But to me it's like That's how you look at phones. That's kind of how, like, that's the orientation that you're kind of used to on your phone. And there's nothing wrong with vertical. It's just different. I think that there's kind of been some backlash. Um, But as far as IGTV goes, I don't see tons of people actually using the platform yet. I think it has the potential, but um, there's just a few things, I think, that they have to, like, kind of iron out in order for... There's no, like, archival nature to
2: it. So, YouTube, you can search how to do this, this. It's Mm -hmm. like, I follow the same people. If they're not making stuff on IGTV or that popular page, you see... Let's see the bottom of that screen. You see, what, four videos, three videos? Like, I'm not going to just s- scroll forever on that. So if yeah. I can't search what I'm looking for, I'm not going to spend time on it.
1: I agree. I am I, I actually log on quite a bit because, again, I'm, like, super hooked on my phone when I'm laying in bed. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> like laying down like this, and that's the orientation of what I'm seeing. Yeah. The only creators that I'm kind of interested in is – Colin and I talked about this in a video, but Casey McPerry is, like – you know, a um, really cool Instagram photographer and, uh-huh. and, and uh, video creator. And he started a YouTube channel, but he has like, what, 500,000 followers on Instagram? Something like that. Half a million, yeah, maybe plus. Big, yeah. But on YouTube, he has 4,000 subs. Mm-hmm. So now he has like a, a distribution channel for video yeah. um, that he can create. Then doesn't have to go to YouTube. Yeah. You know, and if you're big on Instagram that's where your audience is, yeah. um, there might be an opportunity there to actually grow in, totally. in the video space on Instagram. For sure.
0: Yeah. If, if you already have that 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 reach on Instagram there's really no point to go to YouTube anymore but I feel like Instagram wants to compete directly with YouTube and there's a lot of people who don't have a big Instagram and who would go to YouTube before Instagram or IGTV just because they have search they have monetization they kind of have it all built out and there's kind of like there isn't like a playbook to be a a big creator but there's definitely like more knowledge and how to do it and I I think that Instagram that IGTV will want to like steal not steal but take YouTube creators to their platform, and there's going to be have to some changes before, like, people start actually doing that, I think.
3: Yeah, I think for me, the one issue with IGTV is that it's not being surfaced well enough on Instagram. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a little orange bar at the top of Instagram, or now they're showing, like, a little thumbnail at the top of yeah. Instagram. But I just don't think I'm, like, seeing enough of what's there. And I think until... They have really good exclusive content on IGTV that would make me specifically
0: open up that app. I'm just not going to spend that much time there yet. Yeah, I I also think I have way less patience on my phone than I do on my computer. 100%. When when I'm on my phone, what I'm used to is like boom, 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 boom. Like things happen so quickly. When I'm on my computer, it's like I'll open it up, I'll log in, you know, go check Twitter. Mm I kick back kick I, back. I, I, I totally. like relax I'm like eating cereal And Laptop, I'm like, watching Like a Peter McKinnon laptop's video Laptop's a kickback sesh like Yeah you're, you're kicking back Watching 10 to 15 minutes phones, phone's like max efficiency Like how quickly Can I do this Of course you're on there For an hour anyways But you're just yeah, doing Things like But it's like little Shots of espresso It's just like Yep 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 <laughs> Got yeah. it Okay cool Alright I'm
3: done yep. I think yeah. Samir You You Consume more on your phone. That's longer form, like you were saying in yeah. bed. So I think that's. I
1: mean, I, I watched in an, the entire season of Last Chance You on Netflix on my phone, uh, which is eight hours of content that I consumed on my phone. So I, I am like, I'm telling you guys, it's time for me to to get rid of this thing and like for a little bit. I need a, I need a break. Yeah. Like, have you guys ever checked out the battery consumption page? Yes. That tells you like no. how many hours. Yes, but it's just depressing. Yeah. Not, that know, so yeah. the day I saw that <laughs> was the day I was like could I win back those hours of my life? Like, could I, maybe if you didn't sleep for like 20 (laughs) years, Yeah. (laughs) like how could I, how could I get back eight hours of my week? Eight hours is no joke. Like that's a long time that I was, and that's just Instagram. Yeah. Like take YouTube into consideration. And I'm like, wow, that's like two days worth of, content consumption on my phone totally i've heard it said a lot like uh create more than you consume Mm -hmm. and
0: when i read that i just i I just laughed because it's like i consume 20x (laughs) the amount that i feel like Like, i create it's just like because i'm constantly consuming like I'm, i'm on some sort of social platform looking at some sort of video following some director or some filmmaker and like seeing what they're doing i feel like i consume way more than i create so actually finding that balance to where you are creating more I think would be, like, it's very difficult. It's something that you kind of have to take, like, a drastic step.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
3: That's also the incredible thing, though, about your phone, is that it is a tool. I'm just not using it as a tool as often as I probably should. And I think that's the cool thing about Moment Lenses, is that they do change the phone into more of a filmmaking tool. And it's making it accessible to so many more people to have a tool like that in your pocket. It's just about fighting the urge to just use it for consumption. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: There's so much entertainment now so there's photos around the office that i'm looking at right now are all those shot on moment lenses yeah Yeah, and a lot of them have
2: fallen down but there were more so
1: (laughs) tell me uh tell me about like the craziest thing that you guys have seen that's shot on moment lenses like whether photo or video you said someone was was swimming with sharks like
2: yeah there was one like uh chad copeland shot these like big blue whales underwater with a custom with a custom housing like a custom with a moment wide lens so you can get that wider focal length down there um that's
0: pretty crazy. We've seen a lot. Uh,
2: just, I don't know.
0: I think some of my favorite shots um, are actually from some of the Invitational films that we saw hmm. where I was just blown away that that was shot on a phone. There's one section in David and Philippe's video where it's like this kind of quick door open. It's like quiet. Is that the car one? Yeah, it was yeah, the I've car one. That. Yeah, I've seen that. That one was like so in the, like, sick. And you hear the engine red yeah. and it's like, boom, and there's yeah. like, you know, and you he- see uh, like, like the exhaust. It's like, it like mm-hmm. a spark plug and stuff. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like, how, like how'd like they do that? And yeah. when we actually did their behind-the-scenes, like, like interview video, like, that was, like, me and Caleb were like, no, for real. Like, how, like how'd you do that? They got, you know? some, <laughs> yeah. they got some, like, piping and yeah. sprayed it with, like, they, fluid. Yeah, so they wow. sprayed fuel into, like, this tube, and then they they, they lit it so the, the, the flame would shoot out the tube, and they just sh- shot it in, and it was just dark, so it looked like an exhaust. And then the spark plug, they just used, like, the, the macro lens, and they just lit the spark plug, and it just and they just cut between that stuff, and it was insane. I mean, it was like that could have been any camera in my mind.
1: That's really cool, yeah. Um,
0: Yeah,
2: there's been, I mean, all around the world, just like the most epic landscapes shot with phone. Um, Yeah, we've had lucky to have kind of a really rad community that shoots incredible photos. Um, And, yeah, if you see our Instagram, we feature a lot of those shots. Um, Moments Instagram is pretty much mostly user-generated content, we rarely, or unless it's a new product that we're selling or some campaign we're doing. But other than that, we post a lot of people that tag us.
3: So how do you guys operate day-to-day right now, you know, programming this YouTube channel? How do you guys, is it the is it you two or who's coming yeah, up with we have ideas? A, we how have a it... content
2: lead at Brian Kaysen. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, he's awesome. So w- we kind of have a whole, we call it the content team, which runs all the social media, everything you'll see or the content that's being pushed, um, Niles and I, and we just recently hired a new filmmaker. Um, we do all the video side of things. So anything from ads that you'll probably never see targeted at people that are that just new to the moment, mm-hmm. um, to how to videos that you might also never see, unless you look in a certain section of our website, like getting started pages, mm-hmm. um, to the YouTube channel, to like separate videos just for Facebook and Instagram stories. So it's kind of juggling a lot, knowing all the content that's out there nowadays that you have to make a version for. Like when we export one video, we have like 8 different formats we're exporting course, in. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a pain, but it's like, that's our job.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically, kind of, kind of building off what Caleb said, so on Monday we have this call, and that call is where you discuss like, okay, what are the things you're working on this week? What are you gonna get done? W- that, when is that okay, video shipping? Trimester. And then at a higher level we have these trimester goals, which is like, okay, we want to grow our channel this much, we want to put out this many videos, we want to make a video, 10 how-to videos about something to do with this subject, blah, blah, blah. And then Every two weeks, we have like a sprint call, which is like, okay, how are things going? And but you basically talk through what's working and your pain points. And then every Monday, you have that call where it's like, okay, what am I actually working on? So we try to. And
2: then it goes to like,
0: then it goes down to from that, all right, Niles, how are we actually going to make this happen? <laughs> yeah. And then it's just me and Caleb texting a lot <laughs> and just basically shooting all week and editing all week and putting out as much stuff as possible. I think. I think we've found, like, a good w- workflow that works for us. I think the, pr- the problem is, like, how do you scale? Like, that's always mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, like, do you have dialed enough workflow to where it's, like, you can scale to three people, which is what we're doing now, and then as it grows more, like, I mean, the, the channel is just going to keep going because there's only so much editing. I mean, editing is the thing that takes the editing's most amount the of time. Editing is the pain point. Yeah. Like, that is where w- you, you, it bottlenecks for sure and where it's, like, you find the most difficult thing. I mean, w- we could shoot three videos in a day but we couldn't edit three videos in a day of course
3: yeah I find too that like for me I consider editing to
0: be kind of like what I do best I consider
3: it to be storytelling right and it's like part of the art to making the video Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of times when we do work with editors and I have a hard time like giving up control or even like communicating what I need out of it Um, so I mainly look to Samir because he's better at communicating that type of stuff but (laughs) it's just it is difficult to like give up that control but if you could find a team of editors and enough of them that like fit your style and that yeah. you can communicate well with, you can just put out tons of content. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to, it's like, I know how to edit all, like when I'm filming and we'll say something
2: super dumb and I'll be like in my head immediately, Oh, I'll edit that out. No big deal. Yes. Or like I do a, some quirky thing and I'm like, cool, I'm going to do some random punch in zoom on that part. Like I know I'm going to do those things. And if an editor had it, I don't know if they would, but at the end of the day, that's if you find the right person, like they'll probably do it yeah. better. I, yeah, yeah I
1: agree we so we we have had edit support in the past um but it I think in my opinion it's not going to happen overnight it's like the way that Colin and I know each other like if we were to film ourselves right now both of us would speak in editing language while we're hosting and performing that we both understand if he says something like I already know if that's cutting to b-roll or if yep. that's supposed mm-hmm. to be punched in or Same for us if they're supposed to be a like text with a ding sound effect. Like if we just like pulled out the music cause yeah. it was awkward and like, yeah, you know, we're like running Classic. on something funny. Like, yeah. and then we're, all right, we're back in.
3: Yeah. Like, we know. And the
1: music comes back in. But yeah. that, <laughs> that said, we do produce a weekly show with, um, the lacrosse network. And we've had an editor on that show for six to eight months now who edits that. Okay. we send him, basically we do like the hosting section and then we send him the selects. Okay. And, um, it's taken months, but, we speak the same language now. Yeah. And when that's we good. send him the selects, he knows where things are supposed to like, what's supposed to happen. And it took totally. months of notes uh, and calls and back and forth. Cause it's like, it's not a natural thing Yeah, to just get to know what you're trying to do. Like the visual language of, of editing is really yeah. challenging.
0: Yeah. I, f- for me, that's something I definitely need to improve in just because for like freelance directing projects, it's like, usually it's like I'll direct. And then I, oversee the edit and I'm working like directly with the editor on like how things are going to turn out and I have, there's so much oversight for me. It's like how I describe things. It's like, I see the whole painting, but I'm describing like like these three little like nuanced <laughs> things of the painting. And then and then I get the edit back and I'm like, wow, this is totally off. But then I actually read my email of what I sent him. And it's like, it's exactly what my email said. So that is such an art. So it's cool that yeah. you guys have figured that out because it is such a, a delicate thing.
1: I wouldn't say we have figured it out, but I do think that we know that it requires time, totally. patience, yeah. and for you to get really clear on like, being able to write down on a piece of paper what you like you know yeah. in the edit and like yeah. and that's yeah. that's a really important thing and like when <coughs> it's a more personal story it would be really hard to yeah to um have someone else take control of it yeah. but like it depends
0: you know. on how close you are to the subject totally. i
1: mean for us for caleb and i it's very
0: similar mm-hmm. to you guys where it's like we just know It's like, it's yeah. like i know like what? when caleb's being funny i know when right there's an awkward pause i know when we kind of like do the funny like just kind of stare at each other like what like yeah. being awkward yeah yeah
2: I think that
0: for us, our, com- our styles complement each other fairly
2: well because I like to keep everything just super raw. Like, if it was my way, I would have 20 minutes, no music. Like, I just want like I just want to watch footage. Like, I don't know yeah. why. I just love the I I love raw stuff. And Niles is like way better about bringing in like cool. This we're cutting to B roll. It's gonna be pumped up, shot yeah. in 60p or 120. Yeah, um, I hate 120. I love it. 120 is <laughs> sick. Um,
0: it's
2: for the kids. 120 is the perfect slow mo. <laughs> frame rate i think for like action uh, anyways yeah. um well it depends on what too much of it is too much of it um but anyways um so our, our styles kind of go back and forth and like i think we found a good balance though
1: should try and edit each other's videos
2: yeah i mean we do just sometimes no,
1: yeah. but i mean like us oh so, like, you like no, you guys you guys just send us raw footage of oh something my gosh and let's and do it it's actually and, a really good idea and we try and cut it and like your style I'm I think we could so nail so it I think, we, I think we could do it I, I am yeah. super I'm super so confident down. That Kay. I think we could nail yeah. it I'm yeah, super yeah, down yeah. Okay, I'm down. Let's Wait, do yeah. it Wait, Are we just passing
3: over selects Or are we just going like all No, I think it would be I raw raw footage raw, all raw. Like, uh,
2: But the then going Raw footage going challenge, challenge. <laughs> And
1: so only, only yeah, interesting uh, for uh, The select yeah. editors In this room Yeah Only fun for Other people will find it interesting Yeah, we could do it, dude
0: Oh, I could definitely Edit your video
2: how much oh, phone man. consumption? Have you seen watching my video? <laughs> yeah, I got
0: it.
1: Yeah, It's yeah. so good um, Okay,
0: uh, so. I'm gonna overthink that so much. <laughs> I'm already overthinking. I'm like, how funny can I make? this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, what you guys talked about having goals for the channel. So what, what's the next milestone for the channel? That, oh getting uh, our is.
2: play button from YouTube <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, oh, Man,
2: I God. don't know like what do you do? I've, yeah for us. It's like 100k cool. uh. It's it's not I think that was a big number and now I'm 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 over the number Mm -hmm. like because we ain't get into a million so (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like I'm over the number and now I just want to make stuff that people I think it would be like average view duration Um, Mm -hmm. If you want an actual metric, I want that to go up with the video just because I really do think like I Would hope people that are watching aren't just gonna click off because they get bored. I would love to make engaging content that people just stay till the end. That, that would be a successful goal for me.
1: I I agree with that. I think it's something that gets overlooked and something that we look at a lot. Um, is is watch time, watch time yeah. and retention. It's so yep. important, like, and it's something we care about a lot. It's that, like, how much of the video are people watching, and where are they dropping off? What did we, what what could we have done better um, yeah. to like keep them all the way to the end? And
0: it's always interesting to see when people are dropping off and yeah. going and looking. Okay, so at three twenty two yeah. is when it, most people clicked off and going and looking at like what, Why? like Why like actually? what were what was I saying there? What was what were we doing? I,
2: to me, honest, like usually if I click on a video on YouTube to watch it, I watch the whole thing. I don't. I mean, I could be the weird one in the room, but
0: like I'm pretty I barely ever click off. I think for me if if I watch the first 2 minutes, then I'm watching the whole thing. Usually I'll click mm. off beforehand if I'm not engaged, but like if if like Usually if, if I get like through the intro and through like the kind of like post intro like what we're gonna do today And then to like the yeah, first yeah, yeah. tip or whatever. I'm, I'm in like yeah, I'm in for the long haul. I'm call. pretty ruthless
3: I'd be embarrassed if people saw how I watch YouTube <laughs> videos <laughs> Yeah, actually
1: <Especially laughs> watching Colin watch a YouTube video is the most stressful thing for me <laughs> Because, because <laughs> the way he watches is it'll start playing Maybe four seconds will go by he'll click to like 25% more of the video and then he'll click one more time, click to the next one, he's on to another video. So it's like, (laughs) it's not even like spark notes of the video, but he like retains it and he's like, I get that video. What are you looking for, Colin?
3: I just feel like if I hear four or five seconds of like what the point is, I'm like, okay, I think I'll be good. Like I could skip the next fifteen, and I know, <laughs> and I know, I know what I've got. But I think if someone did that to our videos, I'd be disappointed. I'd be like, you're yeah. missing a lot of really like good stuff.
1: Our videos, the way that Colin watches videos, I'd be really uh, yeah. Yeah,
3: and actually, I'm like trying not to do that because I'm trying to like really appreciate like the work and the art a little bit more. You're than single-handedly that. killing people's watch time. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I'm just totally skipping through. Um, but yeah, I don't do that with your guys' channels. Thanks, man. So it. It. <laughs> He's like, actually, I do. I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> don't want you guys to feel bad but yeah, yeah to be honest it's like, like if, nice. if, if it's a more, <laughs> yeah. if, if it's like a really produced piece that I feel like people put a lot of time into with like a good story I will 100% sit for like 25 minutes mm-hmm. you know like but it's just I think I guess more so with daily stuff or things that are just kind of put together quickly and put out
0: there I sometimes yeah. will just skip through to make sure that I like
3: get the point or something I don't know yeah
0: I think a pattern of videos that I've stayed on is videos where other people are brought in so there's, there's a lot of like single person youtube channels and i you know i'm obviously engaged by that person but when they bring other people in when totally. it's like they're they're vlogging like this and then they turn and there's someone else in the room like mm-hmm. casey does a really good job of doing that where like the beginning of his videos like there's like he's on a run with someone or it's you know you don't really know what the person is mm-hmm. but it's just like there's more interaction where it feels like you're part of a group conversation totally. more than just like a someone's kind of just talking to you i don't know it's just that might just be like a, like a me thing, but when there's, like, uh, when there's a lot of people involved in kind of the beginning. I think it's when there's running narratives. Like if yeah. it's just a
3: singular narrative, it can be easy to lose focus. Totally. But if you have two or three happening at one time. Yep. In one of our recent videos, we had um, a situation where I'm talking to a guy named Andy Burgess, who's like a vertical filmmaker and Snapchatter. He's in our studio, and I'm I interviewing yeah, I him. Where you a skate? Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, while I'm talking to him, Samir is putting a skateboard together. But there's no explanation of like why Samir's doing this or what's oh, yeah. going on. And the frame is changing. Sometimes Samir's in the front. Sometimes he's in the back. The conversation is changing. And I think, like, that to me, when we put that section together, I was like, I think that's a good section. Because, one, we don't even introduce why he's here. So that's interesting. He just pops into frame. And we've got this double narrative of, like, Samir doing, like, building a skateboard while we're talking. Yeah,
2: you can't spoon feed people everything or else they'll lose interest. I mean, they have to use their imagination. That's why, like, cutting between scenes, not, like, Mm -hmm. Every scene just leads into the next thing, like through totally. the whole day. Like
3: I love big chunks in between stuff. Mm-hmm. I find that I have to fight that as an editor because sometimes I just want to be for extremely sure. linear with my story. I want to use than then that then this. Sometimes then that.
2: I want to u- I want to use every clip we shot that day, because totally. I don't want to waste it all. But really, I'm like that could easily be cut. Mm-hmm. That's a big
3: process for us in the edit room. Is yeah. looking at like do we really need that 15 seconds? And even if you really want it because it's a great shot
0: on youtube sometimes and just for the betterment of the content it's better just yeah. take. yeah it out. i feel like for us so many times we're describing a product that we're selling so we have to be very like meticulous not like overthink it but just like be like very concise with how we are describing that product because i mean if you, if you talk about a lens for two minutes it's like who cares but if you say this is a lens this is what we're gonna go do and then you go shoot with it and you go show people and you kind of keep it keep it going keep that narrative going i think it's super important because a lot of times i feel like people on youtube will just kind of talk about something when when that's when i'm hitting the skip button because it's like i want to actually see what it looks like or what, what how there. the game will yeah mm-hmm.
1: so yeah. So I have uh, one last question for you guys because I feel like I'd love to move to the next iced latte of the day. Oh, yeah. go make some videos of oh, you yeah. guys. I'm like itching, <laughs> itching for that next coffee and videos. Um, what's your favorite non-filmmaking creator or YouTube channel that you uh, follow or check out? Like non something that's not about gear or filmmaking or cinema?
2: Um, Oh, man. Uh, I definitely like Chris Chan's channel a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit too like... Sometimes can get like crazy, but like anyone who skates and puts that in their videos, I'm all about it. Like John Hill, yeah, so funny to me. Skates like super dialed. Um
1: So you're you're big. Obviously, we talked about you. You have a lot of influence from skateboarding, but mm-hmm. a lot of like like the skate community on YouTube is really cool. Like we it's, we got to work with the guys at the barracks and like yeah, it's, it's a really cool community. It's super
2: cool. And then I mean I dude I let's see just a lot of vloggers like yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, who I really like right now. Oh, there's some, like, couple, like, couples who travel in, like, their vans. Mm. Uh, one's called Wild We Roam. They shoot really well. Like, their footage is really nice. And it has a little more of that raw feel that I like. And they do, like, longer longer episodes. Like, not on a set schedule, but
0: when they pop up, I always watch the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, I mean, mine is honestly kind of boring. But it's um, a dude named Dan Rubin. <laughs> he just does this, like... <laughs> he does this kind of podcast YouTube video where he like brings on like kind of this like political philosopher people and they just kind of like talk through like really high level, like human stuff, like just like politics and social structures and everything. And it's, I think it's super fun, but I don't. I literally don't know anyone else that listens to it. So, <laughs>
1: but how many people listen? Like, what's like the yeah?
0: I mean, I think he's got a couple hundred thousand subs, and I mean, but I think he's growing a lot. I don't know. It's, it's just
1: fascinating like, to me though, I asked this question because, like, yeah. there's stuff that you guys probably watch that gets hundreds of thousands or, or even oh, yeah, millions yeah, yeah. of views that. No one's ever heard of like, I, or at least like yeah. I've yeah. never heard of it. I, I think YouTube's such a crazy place, like that.
2: I've been like recently getting into the that Fortnite world of yep. like watching, s- watching YouTubers YouTube. stream, and like I'm hooked to this one guy who streams his gameplay super good, and like he commentates as he goes, and it's like vlogging his gameplay, and it sounds super nerdy, and I don't have a lot of time for that, but dude, it's addicting.
3: It's crazy. I remember, and he has three million subs. When I first kind of found out about Twitch and started watching a couple of Twitch streams just to. Exactly. Begin to understand. I couldn't believe. i would be like, oh my gosh, twelve minutes, fifteen minutes. And they my pay. Pie, and they pay people. And I'm watching this guy yeah. play video games and just talk about it. It's amazing though that it's, it's so sick. Like it's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah. dude. Right. What a crazy I'm world. I'm trying to find how, how many subs this guy has. Okay.
1: How many? What about you guys? Um, well, I watch a lot of like I like news stuff. Like I watch Phil DeFranco a lot. Oh yeah. NFL. Phil DeFranco is like I, I watch him almost every day yeah. now. Um, and then I watch a lot of the late night stuff on YouTube. Now that that's like all over um, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right now, I've gotten myself fully. I'm over, it's taken me over. Um, I'm not proud of it, but the Logan Paul KSI fight is like all the rage. Whoa. In my dude. world. And I like, low key, not. same. Yeah. I, I literally, I update Colin. Yeah. High I key. update Colin like every day on the latest clip that came out. And like, did you see this morning? No, I mean, but
0: okay. the amount of drama <laughs> yeah. buildings is like palpable, dude. Yeah, I like feel it in my soul. I'm I, not kidding. I totally,
1: how would I forget about that? Yeah. I, totally. Okay. I have a prior commitment this Saturday morning, and I was just telling Colin, like, I'm yeah. going to, probably have to not tell the truth to a bunch of people and be like i gotta just run for two three saturday morning by the time this comes out it will have already happened um but
2: that's
1: tough man um so let me just tell you one thing i did buy the fight the first day it was available on (laughs) pay-per-view first day i was just like yep i'm in like i've consumed every piece of fight content i'm i'm gonna go uh I like Jake Paul in the Jake Paul Deji fight, like for sure. Okay, Um, I think the Logan KSI one is actually like when I watched KSI box, I was like, oh wow, this dude's actually really good at boxing. Yeah, and Um, he's jacked and big. He's really smooth at boxing, and Logan's kind of new to it. But I'm I'm pulling for Logan. I I don't I I I dislike KSI more than I dislike (laughs) Logan.
0: Wow. Yeah. I just I just I don't know enough about like Logan Paul's. Toughness. I don't. Right. I don't know. I yes. mean, we're talking about people like to people fighting here. It's yeah. like I have. No, I really have no scale for like is Logan Paul like a super tough dude? All I, no I know idea. is
1: that. that a lot of rage, the, though, this, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah angry a serious moment for him, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. The narrative, though, like the drama that they're able to build on this is unbelievable. Like I'm so deeply connected to this storyline, I can't even. Yeah, I can't, not watch it. Okay okay so i okay up? so so Next i topic. I
0: yeah okay so i said dan rubin i meant dave rubin dan rubin's a photographer that we work with here at yeah, moment got it. dave rubin has the rubin report and has eight hundred and ten thousand subs so wow, a, a no. lot of people watch it yeah. yeah okay but yeah that's what i watch it feels it's
1: like a comfortable place to <laughs> yeah to end yeah, the podcast
0: definitely not as entertaining as the ksi Logan <laughs> yeah, fight yeah. but yeah. close
1: yeah <laughs> So um, all right guys well thanks so much uh for taking us out for really lattes it. this morning and, of and wherever we're gonna go next <laughs> and yeah. for joining us on the podcast it's uh, awesome to hear your guys story and if you guys haven't checked out the moment youtube channel make sure to check it out if you are someone who wants to launch a business or wants to um, figure out how to incorporate youtube with a product or even just want to figure out how you can be more authentic on camera watch these guys for sure these guys are appreciate awesome. it, guys where can we follow your personal creation accounts how can, i'm how can people follow yeah along? mine's camera caleb
0: on every uh, i just have twitter and instagram cool and i'm similar just at niles gray and it's g-r-e-y so
1: cool we'll yeah. put that in the description of this podcast but other than that thanks a lot guys sweet dude thanks so much for having us That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We had an amazing time with Caleb and Niles in Seattle. So make sure to check them out on Instagram and check out the Moment YouTube channel. Stay tuned for our vlog on that channel. We really appreciate all the suggestions you guys have been giving us on Twitter about the podcast. Make sure to tweet at us if you have guests that you want to hear on the podcast and rate and review the show. It really helps other people find out about the podcast. All right, tune in again next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.